Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Good morning. Uh, there is an apple tree in my backyard, and when we moved, first moved to Calgary, the apples were about the size of walnuts. And if you've ever had to peel those, you know how hard it is to make a pie from those things. And I started to wonder if there was something I could do about that tree, so I did a little bit of research and I learned you know, how and when to prune and how and when to fertilize and to make sure this tree had water. It's two years later. It took me a long time to do that research, by the way. And these are the apples that came from my tree this year. Um, I, th- that first year when we moved in, we had about 30 apples total. This year I had four big buckets about this big around, and this is the last of what I have to process. So I have apple butter and pies and galettes and apples coming out of my ears and stuffing my freezer. Uh, I'd like to, for you as we consider the scripture this morning to turn to someone near you and to share how you have found nurture in nature. Where has the land or the earth nurtured you and perhaps taught you that there's reciprocity, like the tree needed something from me and the tree gives to me and I give to the tree. So just turn to one another and anything that inspired you and what I said, just share that with one another. Thank you. I, I love this question time because I feel like it helps us connect to one another and to God. Um, so we heard the story this morning of two trees, one found at the very beginning of the Bible and one found at the very end. And um, we, have to, we have to use our prophetic imagination now to picture those two trees. 
You know, the first one planted in a garden where there was everything the human beings needed to nurture their life and what was possible in that moment. And I pictured nothing but love and generosity and sharing and the goodness of God felt in complete union. And the river of life flowed and watered the tree and took care of everything in the garden. And that lasted for about 10 minutes. And it was followed quickly by disobedience and blame and betrayal and expulsion and not too much later by murder. So in your prophetic imagination, and you may need to close your eyes for this, just picture how far that tree is behind us in history. Way back in time. And if you squint in your mind's eye, you can see it on the far horizon as one of the first things that ever was. And all of life that has been lived since then has followed that tree. And in these pages are recounted the stories of people who know struggle and tension, who know fighting and disconnect, who know murder and sin and evil and all the things that disrupt, disrupt human life. And we ourselves live in this time, in this moment between these two trees. But if in our mind's eye we look far off into the distant future, we can see a second tree. And it's planted in the midst of a glistening city. And the river of life is there flowing from the throne of God and watering that tree. And its leaves are for the healing of the nations. And if you squint in your mind's eye, you can just see it on the opposite far horizon. And you can imagine these two trees in the distant past, in the distant future, bookending our lives. That tree in the future tells us everything is going to work out. God's got this. The trouble is we just don't know how. My name is Laura Hulk, and I was recently called here to be the coordinator of social justice and community impact, and I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, you should know some things about me. I'm married and I have three grown children. Um, some formative things in my life. I, am, I, I love to talk about how I became the person that I am by giving thanks to people who formed me. So this morning, I'll give thanks in your presence to the Reverend Dr. Robert Smith, who took me to Palestine for the first time and showed me that apartheid wall. And he took me to the place where the scriptures first lived, where the Judean desert, which we saw on slides, just that was just last week, right? The Judean desert just blew my mind and changed forever that time of what it meant for Jesus to wander in the wilderness and who began to teach me how to live prophetically, holding these images in my heart and my soul as I seek to live a life of justice. I've been to Israel-Palestine three times, one time on a peacekeeping mission with Mahatma Gandhi's grandson, Arun, and on that trip, Yasser Arafat kissed me, but that is another story, and it was not all, I'll tell you, it was not all that great. <clears throat> The first week I started here, Israel-Palestine exploded. That tension once again flaring into violence and death and destruction and rockets. 
And that caused me to think, what on earth possessed me to take this job? Really? The first week? And I'm supposed to comment on that? See, I've been to Israel and Palestine enough times to know that I have practically nothing to say. What I can say is that uh, Palestine should not be launching rockets into Israel. But Israel should not be violating UN Resolution 242. That's the one that says no occupying force should build permanent settlements on occupied territory. Palestine should not be taking Israeli citizens hostage. But Israel should not be bombing mosques or lining up tanks on the border getting ready to flatten Gaza. And for my whole life, I have wondered, aloud and in silence, why don't people just do the right thing? Why don't people give over to the images of these two trees that cradle us in life and security and goodness and sustainability and reciprocity? What possessed me to take this job? And then I realized that's not the right question. The question is not what possessed me to take this job, but who possessed me to take this job? See, I have the assurance that sometime in the distant future, it's all gonna work out. I just don't know how. And like Andrea said to me this week, the Middle East is not on you, but it kind of is. And I know that I don't feel the tension of what goes on in our world alone. And I'm not standing in your midst as some miracle worker that's gonna make everything all right or make people do the right thing. But what I know is that when we're caught in that tension and we feel like we're in a whirlwind of things in the world that are out of order and that shouldn't be, and we get all hyped up, what we're called to do is to stop and breathe. We're called to remember those two trees. And as we remember them and live in their promise, in their past foundation and in their future hope, in our prophetic imagination, those trees begin to move closer and closer and closer to this time until we realize those two trees are not two trees, but one. The tree of life is in our midst now. Its leaves are for the healing of the nation. It produces its fruit in its own season, in its own time. Not according to what we do or say or don't do or don't say, but according to the providence of God. The providence of God who called me to be in this position. The providence of God who calls us to get out of our pew and go live what we hear in this place in the world. Fun as that may be or hard as it may be. I've been working a lot with apples and so um, I brought some things from my yard. If you have that first picture, you can't see this in my hand too well. So I have a picture that you can see. Um, I just took that this morning of these very seeds. 
And I learned something this morning. I learned that apples only have five to eight seeds. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but actually it kind of makes sense. Like if you cut it the wrong way, you can see that five little star, each one holds a seed, right? Who knew? But I was thinking about seeds this morning and I was thinking about one time when somebody asked me, um, do you know what the potential and the possibility is of an apple seed? And I answered, an apple tree. And my wise spiritual friend said, nope. And so I started to think some more, and I said, oh, apples. I've got apples here, too. Apples. Hello. Can you change the picture to apples? This is, this is the bucket of apples I brought from my house, right? Apples. person said to me, uh, nope. What's the potential of an apple seed? I started to think bigger and I said, oh, an orchard, an orchard. I mean, isn't it amazing that you look in a seed and it's in there, in its DNA, um, in your prophetic mind, in your imagination that I asked you to use already. Imagine this, inside this tiny little seed is that a whole bucket of apples and more, a tree, an orchard, bushels of apples, more than we can process. But not only that, inside of this seed is the potential of an orchard for all time. Apples for the rest of the time in the universe in one little seed. When we get anxious about the state of the world we're called to breathe and remember the trees to remember the potential of seeds but those are just analogies for us what we're really called to do is to see one another as if we were seeds i mean just take a quick look at the person next to you and just kind of hold their gaze for a minute What's possible in that person? You know, by analogy, an apple, a tree, an orchard, an orchard for all time. That's who we're created to be. Yeah, the Middle East is exploding and it's not on us, but it is. So I'm married, I have a family with three grown children. I don't know if I said that in the beginning, I was supposed to. What I didn't tell you is that I'm married and divorced and remarried. I had an affair in the first marriage. We have three kids. The youngest one is ours, Phil and mine, he's my spouse. The middle one is mine from my first marriage. The older one is not ours. The older one is a trans kid from Phil's congregation that we adopted at age 35 who became our eldest. That's my family. It's a lot different than just saying, oh, I'm married with three kids, isn't it? My family was born and made between those two trees. 
Because what God does is make goodness from chaos. God's best work is done in the space of despair and disaster and angst. The tree of life is in this place and the river of life runs around it and we're called to hold that image in this space, right on this stage and around this stage in our prophetic imagination all the time. God calls us to that tree and calls us to be co-creators with God in the recreation of all that is. Lots of things are happening in Israel and Palestine and other places in the world. And my worst fear is that things are happening in places that aren't even covered by the media. There are people who are dying and suffering and in conflict and they're not even important enough in our world to make the news. But healing is here. We have everything we need here. It's not on us and it is on us. The term social justice scares the hell out of me. Anybody else with me? It scares the hell out of me. But it stands upon a foundation. You know what the foundation is? Radical hospitality, spirituality, risk, love. Like we are perfectly positioned to do this work. Because all social justice is, is training ourselves to see potential. It's training ourselves to look at seeds and be in awe of the miracle contained inside this little skin, an orchard of orchards. Social justice is the call for us to look at one another and see the potential for family where there was none, for peace where there's nothing but destruction. Social justice is training ourselves to go out there and love people the way God's calling people to be loved. I also want to give a shout out to my colleague, Ann Helmke, who lives in San Antonio. Uh, she's a social justice worker there and a Lutheran pastor. And I was thinking, oh my God, what would Ann do? Which, you know, that's not the question I'm supposed to be asking, right? What would Jesus do? What would Ann do? And I was trying to get inside Ann's prophetic imagination to think about, you know, what would really be mind blowing in the Middle East right now. And here's what I came up with. You know, Israel said, all you Palestinians, you have this amount of time to get out of Israel. And then we're going to flatten the place, right? And I was thinking, what if they didn't listen? What if instead of leaving those buildings and heading south, they left those buildings and they headed east? And in a mass of 1.5 million people, they sat on the ground and just sat there. What if they sat there? Men, women, children, adults, siblings, trans people, gay people. What if people just sat and fasted as if to say to those tanks, you want our land and you want us out of here, do your worst. Where is our prophetic imagination?
Where is our heart for social justice? Because social justice is nothing more than wanting for other people what I already have myself. Wanting the privileges, wanting the comfort, wanting the great religion for everyone. You know, I woke up this morning. By the way, I didn't sleep last night. This is common if you preach. I don't know how it is for you. I did not sleep. I did not sleep. But I woke up this morning. It was 5.30. And there was a gentle rain falling. And my cat, I'm training my cat, by the way, to sit by the door and look longingly outside. And then I'll say to him, Baxter, do you want to go outside? And if he meows, I open the door. And if he doesn't, I just let him sit there. He's learning to talk to me, though. It's really awesome. So he was sitting there, and I said, Baxter, do you want to go outside? And he said, meow. So I opened the door, and this gentle rain was falling. And I couldn't see it because it was dark. But I woke up to the sound of the earth renewing itself. The sound of the mist falling on leaves. The sound of the mist falling on leaves that are for the healing of the nations. And I thought, I have to get outside more. I need to hug the trees. God has gifted us with everything we need. The healing we need and the prophetic imagination we need, it's out there in God's world. Soothing us, calling us, telling us it's going to be okay. I'm terrified of social justice, but I'm called to this place to be the coordinator of social justice. What is there to do? Breathe in and out together. Remember those two trees. And picture them not so far in the distance, but right here in the space. In this space, giving life and hope and healing to the nations prompting us to train ourselves to look everywhere for what's possible. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here, and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.